0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Orange Juice Optional. I am here with my good friend Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Michelle, how's it going? It's going pretty well, but I have a burning question for you. Okay, fire away. Okay, so here's the question because I have been dying to know because I have not talked to you since we recorded the last podcast. So if we go back to it, if you remember in those last 10 minutes of the podcast, you were talking about a prank your daughter had pulled on you with the cockroaches. Right. When you finished recording, you were going to go downstairs and confront them and have them deal with the front desk. And I am curious what happened. They did not deal with it with the front desk. And their suggestion,
1: after laughing hysterically, thinking the joke was so funny, was to quietly, discreetly just sneak out of the hotel without saying a word and we were leaving the next morning anyway, so that's what we did. We snuck away without saying anything to them about it.
0: So a little bit of a walk of shame there. little bit. <laughs> With your heads down. <laughs> a little bit, yep, tiptoeing away. Like hopefully no one will
1: remember the, the scene I made when there were cockroaches in the bathroom in my very nice hotel. But the follow-up to that story is, I went on to High Point for the market that I attend for my shop, and I was on the East Coast for almost another week after that cockroach episode and realized that the East Coast is being inundated with cicada, which is the little creature that appears every 17 years or so. And they look just like a cockroach with wings. Yes, I've heard of those before. Yeah. They look like a cockroach with well, that's wings. Not so much. I know. And it, but I don't know. Somehow I felt like, okay, maybe it wasn't too far-fetched for me to have reported these cockroaches in my bathroom because they could have been cicada, because that's a lot what the fake cockroaches look like cicada. And I, every time I'd see cicada, I'd have to do a jump backwards and scream a little bit because they're so yuck, you know, and they just, and they're everywhere. They're inside, they're outside, they're everywhere. I don't know how they're going to control them.
0: Right. So it's kind of like me with birds. When I see them, I jump back, I walk half a mile out of my way to avoid them um, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get that. But I have to go back because two very interesting points I thought of is one, you now refer to that as the cockroach experience. So that's point number one, which is super funny. Point number two, though, while you guys did the walk of shame out, I'm just going to say, even though it was a joke, the hotel didn't know that and nobody reached back out to you to ask if you were okay or tell you they would found a room or anything like that
1: that's a really good point because yeah, we didn't hear boo from the hotel. And I was actually kind of glad about that because I didn't want to be the one to fess up and say, well, my daughter was actually playing a practical joke on me. But yep, no one ever came to the room. Yeah, because when I, because I couldn't touch even the fake cockroaches. So I even went back down to the bar where they were sitting. We talked, we went back up to our room's, cockroaches were still there. We went out to dinner, came back, cockroaches were still there. So yeah,
0: no one from housekeeping or anything came in while we were gone. Wow. That's amazing on its own. I mean, I understand it was a practical joke, but the hotel again, didn't know it and they didn't follow up on it. So
1: I know. And I really should have left them there so that when they came in to clean the room, they would have been there and they would have understood what I was talking about.
0: I'm surprised you didn't. But you are kinder and gentler Suzanne now. True, true. I actually even hugged people on this trip that I was on. You what?
1: I hugged people.
0: I could see it coming. You had yeah. me at the wedding. So why not hug other people that you're related to? Yeah. Were they surprised? Did you catch them off guard? I did. They
1: actually hugged me. I didn't go in for the hug. They hugged me and I hugged back. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Okay. Well, that's all you have to say. And now... You're back in Arizona. I am. Where they're having, you said record temperatures earlier.
1: Record heat wave. That is right. It's supposed to be 118 degrees today. It's been 117, 116, 117. Yeah. Supposed to go on all week. It's ridiculously hot.
0: Yeah. So you're going to cool down next week and meet me in Vegas, right?
1: Yeah. Except I hate to tell you, but Vegas is having the same heat wave.
0: I knew they were. I was just joking. I just wanted to get in there that we are going to Vegas. Yes, we (laughs) We are. Go on a trip. Yes, we are. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. I know. I haven't been on a long enough trip. I was gone for a month,
1: but now I can sneak away for a couple more days.
0: Yeah, well, I've been in Alaska for about two weeks. Yeah, actually two weeks today. And I'm ready for the heat because I can't get warm here honest to God, I cannot get warm. And I know it's ridiculous because I have lived here for 30 plus years. And now I'm back here and I am struggling so much. I
1: know it. That's the way Alaska is. You know, when you're in Alaska, and I'm sure everyone is in shorts, tank tops, because when it hits 65, 70 degrees, it's hot for Alaskans, but for everyone else, it's still pretty chilly.
0: Right. And they encourage you to wear layers, which I always have before, but I can't figure out how to dress here. If I need to be in like a full sweatsuit, if I need to be in like a t-shirt and capris or shorts and a top, which I haven't got shorts and a top yet. I haven't mentioned jeans because I probably can't fit into them after going through my closet. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I like the stretchy pants right now. That's all I'm going to say about that and move on because, yes, it's taking me a minute to adapt to the climate.
1: Yep. And I'm going to be in Alaska in a couple of weeks and I feel your pain. I will be the same way.
0: Yes, but I will be a little more acclimated by then and you will just be experiencing my pain. But I can empathize with you because I've been there. Yep. But I'm only going to be there for a week or so, a little over a week. And Then I'm moving on. Right, and I'm giving myself way too much credit because I'm gonna still be bitching about it, the weather. (laughs) Okay, so with you coming back to Alaska, and I'm sure you're gonna find this to be the case because it's always been the case, people love to visit Alaska during the summer, which puts us in the position as homeowners or people who have uh, property here of being a host or a hostess to our guests. So I thought it'd be a really good idea today to do an episode on what a good host or hostess is from our points of view. Okay, that sounds good. But first, I think we have
1: to, I have to give a disclaimer that I don't have a lot of experience with dealing with a host or hostess, because you know, as well as anyone, that when I travel, I normally will stay in a hotel. And it's no offense to anyone. It's just I usually stay at a hotel. I think it gives everyone their space. I can get up and do my morning routine, have my coffee and not bother anyone. And no one bothers me. And then when we're ready to start the day, we come back together. So I don't have a lot of experience with hostesses, but I do a lot of hosting. So I can only give um, my opinion based on what I do, not what others do for me.
0: Right. And I was hoping that you were going to just go because you are a wonderful hostess. And I was hoping that we could pick your brain about what you do to make yourself a good hostess. Oh, sounds like fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be an episode to yay to Suzanne. But I do have to also say in my notes here. I do have to say in my notes here, it's like you read them. Maybe it was like telepathically or something. But in my notes, I wrote down, I'm not a person who likes staying at other people's homes. (laughs) So now that we've both covered that, we can talk about what it means to be a good hostess to us.
1: Okay. Do I get to start since this is yay for Suzanne episode? (laughs) Yes, you do. Go ahead, Suzanne. (laughs) Okay, so here are my key things is that when someone comes to stay at my house and they go to the room that they're staying in, that room has to be exactly how I would want it if I went to that room and stayed in it. So I want all of the amenities that I'm going to get in a hotel room, in my room. And I have realized over the years that I have woefully not paid too much attention to like the furniture that's in the room, the condition of the hardware in that room. And that's all going to change, but I'll get back to what I like to see. So I like to see the amenities that you get in a hotel, the shampoos, which I steal from hotel. I don't steal them. They provide them, but I take all of the amenities from hotels home for my guests in my guest room. So I always have a basket of shampoo, toothpaste, toothbrush, aspirin, whatever you need, sunscreen for Arizona. I also want to make sure there are a few snacks in the room. So if you don't like what I made for dinner or you're hungry before you go to bed, you don't want to tip out out to the common kitchen where everyone's at, you have something to snack on. Um, I have little... Keurig single cup coffee makers in every room so you can have your coffee in the morning without coming out into the common areas to see people. Just because I need my coffee before I do anything in the morning, I figure, well, anyone who's getting up, they have to have their coffee. I'm trying to step up my game. I now have slippers in every room. I am now providing chargers for your phone in your room. I think I might even get bathrobes that you can use in your room. I always have a TV with good, well, I used to do cable TV, but my son got me onto the Roku internet TV. So now we always do Roku. So then you can watch your own Netflix or Prime Video or HBO, whatever you want to watch on the Roku TV. So just a few things. What about you, Michelle?
0: Well, I was going to say, in addition to you being an excellent hostess, you have been an excellent mentor to me Oh, because I have learned so many things from you about what it means to be a good hostess. And I will give an example of a Suzanne hosting moment that went above and beyond. And okay. maybe we have, yeah, maybe we've shared this in the past, but it was back in 2018. Harry and Megan were getting married the next morning. So we were going to watch the royal wedding together. So I show up to your house and I walk into the room and of course you have the nice amenities in the bathroom, which you always have. And I have taken that idea in addition to just like bath soap, shampoos, conditioners, lotions, things like that. I do believe you also have like Advil. I <laughs> do. Or the other part of you being a good hostess, which you serve very good wine. So. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress there. Right. So I walk into this room it's perfectly comfortable. And I look over on the dresser and there is a book commemorating the wedding of Harry and Megan. There is a tiara. <laughs> there are two wine glasses. One has a tiara on it and one has my other favorite thing, which is a pair of flip-flops on it and the most beautiful slippers ever. <laughs> so... I just walked in and I felt like a princess already. And I wasn't even the one getting married. I was just going to be watching this with my good friend who invited me to her house. And it made me feel really important and really like a visit that was anticipated and looked forward to. So, Walking into your space, that's what I feel. You've been anticipating my visit. You're looking forward to my visit and I feel very welcomed. So I try to take that and bring it into my house too. I have the little amenities, which I also take from my hotel room. Although I do have to say I'm running low right now because COVID, (laughs) I haven't been staying very many places. I do have a Keurig, not in all of my guest rooms, but in one of them, I do. If I think about it, I like to get little mints or their favorite candies and put them on the pillow, but I don't always remember to do that. But I just really want people coming in and to feel that they are welcome and wanted. My house, I always try to have it spotless, cleaned and picked up. I'm a nightmare, like the two days before people get there because I get really grouchy when I clean. But I want everything just perfect because I want people to feel like they're welcome. And
1: just for that very reason... I have visited you in Lake Havasu and stayed in your house. And I have been very comfortable in your house. And there are very few people that can say that I've actually stayed in their house. I have two sister-in-laws that I've stayed with. And when I stay with my sister-in-laws, we kind of up each other's game. Like last time I was at my sister-in-law's house, I noticed that she had up her game so that like the chargers. I thought that was a brilliant idea. So I kind of stole that idea. And now you can have a phone charger in your room. So it's kind of a fun little thing to do because you get ideas from other people when you stay in their houses. So that's part of being a good hostess. I think that's a really important part of being a good hostess. So what is another thing you can think of that makes a good hostess?
0: I think to be a good hostess also, when you know your guests, You kind of take that extra step to make sure they have things they like to drink there, things they like to eat there, things that would make them feel comfortable. I know you're not a huge soda drinker, but whenever we visit, you always make sure there's Diet Pepsi there because, you know, Rob and I both drink Diet Pepsi. We don't drink coffee, but we do drink the soda. And you always have wonderful wine. You're not really a red drinker, but you always make sure you have a red wine there for us. and you always have really good snacks too because <laughs> i love my snacks i'm not going to i'm not going to lie there
1: well and in addition to that what i hope i do because it's what i appreciate is i kind of put the lay of the land out there it's like i like to right away say hey listen if you want something help yourself don't wait for me to ask because i always forget to ask don't wait for me to serve you feel free help yourself Go in the pantry, go in the refrigerator, pour yourself a glass of wine. Don't wait for me to do it for you. Because frankly, I won't, because I'll forget. I get caught up in conversation and I lose track of people's wine glass levels.
0: Right. But isn't that why Jeff is there?
1: Well, true. <laughs> true, because he's much better. But this, he's much better at that. He's also much better at cleaning up. He always makes sure the dishes are done before we go to bed at night. And yeah, he, he has his his roles for making a good visit comfortable.
0: Yes. And I think another thing that makes a really good host or hostess is having that ability to adapt To the plan for everybody, which adapting and changing plans at the last minute is not a strong suit of mine. But I really, really try when I have company in my house to go with the flow. And an example I can give is we had uh, visitors last October and the plan was we were going to make dinner at home. They were going to run by the grocery store, pick up all the ingredients, bring them home. And we were going to make, I think it was pizzas or something together, something fun. And by the time they got home, they're like, let's just go out to eat. And it's not what I wanted to do because I was already probably in my pajamas because I wore them all the time. No, I wasn't in my pajamas when I had company. But um, yeah, so we ended up going out to eat. So just being adaptable and being able to go with the flow of the larger group.
1: I agree with that. I think that that is really important because that happens all the time. Changing the plan at the last minute happens all the time. But That being said, another really good thing about hosting something is, again, going back to the lay of the land, it's like, let's set up a strategy. Everyone go do your thing. We'll reconvene at four o'clock. So we don't all have to do everything together every minute of the day. And I've been at a few people's homes where that's kind of what they suggest we do. It's like, let's just go do our thing. And then we'll reconvene at four
0: for cocktails and dinner.
1: And that's a great way to be a good host or hostess.
0: I agree with that. I did have a note on here that asked, if you have someone staying at your home for multiple days, multiple nights, as a hostess, would you feel the need to put an itinerary together for them? Or would you think that's something that they would do or have already planned out by the time they got there?
1: I think I would talk to them before they came and ask them, what would you like to do while you're here and feel them out? I would be very uncomfortable if someone came into my house with an itinerary saying, here's what we're going to do for the next four days, if they're including me on that list, because it's like, Ugh, that's a pretty painful visit in my eyes.
0: That would be a painful visit, and I think everyone, as you said, should do exactly what they they want to do. As we all know, Alaska is a very beautiful state, the mountains, the inlet, it's just gorgeous um, to be here. And it was so funny because a couple of years ago, my friend Lisa and her husband came to visit us. And I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, so please stop me if I have. So they had never been to Alaska before. So they came up for, I think, four days to stay with us. And I was so excited. I'm like, do you want to go see a glacier? Do you want to go down to the Kenai River? Do you want to go fishing? Do you want to go on a flight scene tour? What do you want to do? And do you know what their answers were?
1: Nothing. We don't want to do anything.
0: The answer was, we want to know what you do when you're living here in Anchorage. When you're back home in Alaska, what bars do you go to? What places do you go to eat? So it was a foodie tour. It was a complete bar to bar to bar to bar, lunch, dinner. Fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I can't even tell you in the four day period how many places we went. We tried to count him up the other day. And I think... Yeah, I would be embarrassed to say the number. There were quite a few. Wow. That
1: takes me back to when we had an exchange student one summer. Uh, My son had gone to Germany and lived at his home in Germany for two or three months. I can't remember how long it was. And then he came and stayed with us through the Alaska summer. And it happened to be a summer that we had guest after guest after guest and this kid, his name was Jan. He stayed with us, I think all of the month of August, end of July and August. And by that time I was spent and I was done. And so I was encouraging them, go do this, go see a glacier, go to Seward for the weekend, go on a flight scene. And he didn't want to do anything, nothing. All he wanted to do was hang out with Greg, mainly in the house. And I was like, Ugh. it's like you come all the way to Alaska from Germany and you don't want to see any of the state. It was crazy to me.
0: And that's how I felt too. But hey, they had the best time. And I bet he had the best time just being with his buddy and getting to hang out. Yeah, I think they did. I think they had a really good time.
1: But I, I would say that was one time when I wasn't a very good host because I it drove me crazy. It's like, go do something, please.
0: Well, when our kids are young, we say that a lot, like go outside, just yeah, go do something, so yeah, you can give yourself a little bit of grace on that one.
1: I guess, but anyway, <laughs> it is what it is
0: it is what it is, so I just thought this would be a good point on transition here because if we're going to talk about what it means to be a good hostess, we should also talk about the other part of the equation as to what it means to be a good guest. Now, I realize Suzanne, you don't stay in a lot of people's homes, but you've had a lot of guests. So in your mind, what would you say is one thing that makes somebody a good guest? They stay in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Buzz okay. Or yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to make that noise. That was not where I was going with this. I know. And I was kidding. Yeah, I don't mind I, when people stay in hotels. I know you were.
1: I was totally kidding. Okay. What makes a good
0: guest? I think
1: a good guest is someone who makes themselves at home right away.
0: I would agree with that. Somebody who can come in and just get comfortable in the space and I guess relaxing into the space.
1: Right. Doesn't need a lot of attention. Because one thing I do not do very well as a hostess is cook. I'm a terrible cook. I don't like to cook. I do takeout. I like to go to restaurants. And so it's like, I just... Think that if they're okay with that, that makes the time all the better. It's like, whatever you need, Suzanne, that's what we'll do.
0: Yes, I I agree with that. I guess I'll just go down my list of what I I wrote down. The first one, being mindful of the host's or hostesses schedules and remembering to always say thank you. So if you know your host or your hostess has to go to work or has an obligation from here to there, just be okay saying we'll entertain ourselves. You know, don't make it awkward. Don't say, oh, I'll tag along unless they want you to tag along.
1: Okay. I agree with that to some extent, but don't you think being a good host or hostess is, if someone says they're coming to visit, you try to clear your calendar as much as possible. I mean, things come up, But I do think that if someone's coming to visit, you should think ahead and say, hey, I'm not going to be, I'm taking a day or two off to spend time with our visitors.
0: Right. And I agree with that. Also, that is part of being a good host or hostess. But sometimes you can't clear your calendar completely. Sometimes you may have a dentist appointment or, you know, just something you couldn't cancel. Although I just canceled my dentist appointment today too. Be here for the podcast. (laughs) Well, and so I think my point to
1: that is if you really want to enjoy your guests, you can think ahead and reschedule anything, really. And I do know that emergencies come up or things at work come up that you have to address no matter how hard you try. But I think as a host, it's your responsibility to see to it that you're making these guests feel welcome. And by doing that, you should clear your calendar as much as possible.
0: Although you just took my first point and like flushed it down the <laughs> toilet. I thought this was a yay, yay for Suzanne
1: episode. So
0: <laughs> it is a yay for Suzanne episode. Well, okay. Well, yes, to the extent someone can clear their calendar, it's been cleared, but occasionally something is on there. You can't get off it. So just be accommodating to that.
1: Yes. And a gracious guest would be accommodating to that.
0: Right. And as a guest, always remember to say thank you and be appreciative. I think. I agree. Not like obnoxiously where you're saying it every like five minutes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But you know, just genuinely be happy to be there and thankful for that time there.
1: I agree with that. But as a host, see, here's how we should have done this podcast. You take the guest side. I take the host side because I was going to say as the host, you should never expect a thank you.
0: Well, that's true. But I, I'm just saying be genuine in your gratitude.
1: Of course, a gracious you should be a gracious <laughs> guest.
0: Gracious guest. Okay, well, now that you just completely <laughs> tore apart.
1: But I'm saying you should also be a happy host. You should be able to Entertain your guests without expecting a thank you. You should be happy to do what you're doing for your guests, and you shouldn't expect a thank you. That's all I'm saying. It's like I,
0: I'm not saying that thank you is expected. I'm just saying if somebody feels it, say it.
1: Well, that I agree with. It's hard to argue with that.
0: And then another thing is that. Well, I've read on websites and I do agree because I usually try to bring a bottle of wine or something. I do like to bring a gift for my host or hostess, be it a bottle of wine or a cake. Somebody I know has brought me cake Mm -hmm. to my house, right? which would be you. I appreciate it. Um, So a little host or hostess gift I think is always nice from the host or hostess point of view. I'm just going to say right now, you're not expecting it. I know what you're going to say. You're not expecting it.
1: Right. But I, what I, actually, what I was going to say is, which is something I always forget or neglect to do, which I wish as a guest, I would remember to do more often because I've stayed at a few people's homes or I've had a few people stay at my home, I should say, where they wait and they leave a gift on the pillow in the bedroom. So they're gone and you go in to clean the room and there's a gift on the pillow. And so it's after they're gone, there's a nice little thank you gift. I think that is such a nice touch. And I have several people in my life who have done that for me. And I'm always just so pleased by that. It's like, wow, what a nice, thoughtful thing to do. I have never done it because I forget about it and I I neglect to do it. And it's really something that I should spend more time thinking about.
0: I've never done it either. So now I'm feeling like a shitty guest. But I do bring things on the front side. Yes. Yes. Which is
1: always appreciated. And I do too. I always bring something on the front side. But I always think it's nice to have that little thing at the end. That's kind of a surprise after they
0: leave. I have sent flowers after staying with people before. Oh, that's that's good too. That's always nice. Yes. Well, the next thing on my list, I'm sure you'll pick this one apart too, because I know what you're going to say already. But as a guest, being a good guest, you're somebody who should probably pick up after yourself and making sure that like when you leave, the place is picked up. Don't leave it messy.
1: I agree with that. I'm not going to argue with that. I think that's a nice thing a guest should do.
0: Well, I expected you to say something along the lines of, well, I don't want them cleaning while they're at my house. I didn't, my house is already clean when they got here. But just picking up after yourself.
1: I do agree with that to some extent, because I do have that hard, fast rule in my house, if you visit, is do not do the dishes. I will take care of the dishes, or Jeff will take care of the dishes later. But we don't want to spend our time with you doing dishes. So I don't want to take the time out of our visit to clean the kitchen. And Jeff and I, usually clean the kitchen before we go to bed at night after everyone has said good night and then you wake up to a clean kitchen but I don't know why I'm like that but I just am I would rather just do the dishes myself either late at night or early in the morning
0: and that is maybe something I should adapt in my approach to life I am the person that when a meal is done I cannot sit down until all the dishes are done I cannot rejoin the conversation. It's just a lesson I learned as a child. When dinner's done, dishes are done. There's no in between. So I'm still like that. And I'm not really talking so much about doing the dishes because that really is the preference of the host and hostess. I'm talking more about like if we're drinking wine in the living room, taking the glass, maybe putting a little water in it and setting it next to the sink. Just little things like that. Don't leave little messes around the house.
1: That's very true. And I have to say I'm a terrible guest when it comes to that because I inevitably will leave something behind. I will forget to take my glass to the kitchen. I will forget to pick up my towel in the bathroom. And I do it because I honestly forget. And then I come back and it's like, crap, I forgot to pick up my towel. And I'm a terrible guest that way. Again, that's why I stay in hotels because... I don't have to worry about it when I'm in a hotel room.
0: That is true. Well, the next thing on my list is offering to help out or offering to prepare a meal. Just something you can do or offering to buy a meal or offering to take someone you know, out to dinner. I think that's a nice thing to do as a guest. I think that's a really
1: nice thing to do. I have a very close relationship with um, two of my sister-in-laws. And when they come to visit, we have a prearranged agreement that I buy the food and they prepare the food because I don't like to cook. They love to cook and the meals they create are phenomenal. So I always say, don't expect me to help. I'm just gonna provide the food that you're gonna cook. And I then I pour myself a glass of wine and I sit at the end of the bar and I watch them do all the cooking. And if we can make a prearranged plan like that, I'm a happy camper.
0: Yeah, that's a win-win for everybody. Right? I think so. Do you remember to fill up their wine glasses, though, while they're preparing the meal? Yes. For some
1: reason, I feel like that kind of goes without saying. If you're pulling out a bottle of wine, you better fill up everyone's glass in the room, not just your own.
0: Right. That is such a pet peeve of mine when my husband and I will go out to dinner or something and he'll see the the wait staff and he'll say, I'll have another drink. And he never thinks to ask me, do you want another one, too? And so she'll go get his drink and then I'll be like, I I need another one. Also, it's just so that just drives me nuts. (laughs) Again, not on topic, but something that drives me nuts. (laughs) Good to know. Yeah. I think another thing that makes a really good guest is no real surprises like bringing an unexpected dog with you Or bringing people that the host and hosts just don't know or people who aren't expected. No surprises like that.
1: Oh, I agree with that one 100%. You can't argue with that for sure.
0: Thank God. Finally, something you're not going to bite my head off about. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You didn't bite my head off, but you've pushed back a little bit.
1: Yeah. But that being said, if you're a guest, if you're bringing unexpected people to the house, And they're anticipating staying. You better hope that the host has an extra bedroom available or clean sheets on the bed or towels or enough to feed them. There's a lot of things you have to take into consideration.
0: There definitely is. And I'm a person who, unless I know somebody, having them in my space really sets my energy off. Like if I don't know them, it just makes me uncomfortable. There's that unease there.
1: I agree. One hundred percent. And it changes the whole dynamic of the visit.
0: And it does. And I, I have had that happen to me before. So I, I didn't know this person. They showed up. I, of course, was as gracious as I could be. But I excused myself from dinner a little early and just went kind of did my own thing because I was uncomfortable with a new dynamic. I'm not very adaptable, I guess, is what I'm saying.
1: Well, I don't know if that's true. I think you're very adaptable, but we'll go with that.
0: Well, I only really have one more point written down on the sheet and that would be when I leave a property or leave a friend's house I always ask them do you want me to pull the sheets off the bed can I start them what do you want me to do with the towels i take the trash out so just leaving that space as they they want to to deal with it i guess
1: and i like that about you because very few people do that actually really yeah Either they just automatically pull it off, pull the sheets off the bed, or they just leave it. Usually people don't ask, in my experience.
0: Well, I'm happy that I do something positive in your mind. (laughs) Oh, and the only thing that kind of goes along with that, that I would share is as a good guest, I always try and, if I put something in the nightstand or somewhere in the house, you know, remember to take all my stuff with me and not leave like little surprises around for people to find well,
1: yeah, that's always good too.
0: <laughs> Not that I have done it, but it, it's happened just where something was forgotten and you're like, whoa, what did I just find here? Right. I know that that's happened for us too. And it's always.
1: So when that happens, do you bring it to their attention when something's been left behind, especially if it's something embarrassing?
0: You know, I didn't catch this one. They actually caught this and had called me and just said, Hey, heads up. And I'm like, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I mean, they could have totally played it off too, because had I found it, I probably would have thought it belonged to one of the kids or something. So, right. Or a different guest, I wouldn't have known who.
1: (laughs) And I personally, if I found something embarrassing, I would never let them know that I found it.
0: Oh, I would never say anything to anybody. I would just have like thrown it away and gone about my business and tried to erase it from my mind. So, yeah. Well, that is about it for everything I have written down on my list. Do you have anything to add, Suzanne, as to what you think makes a good house guest?
1: No, I think actually we've beaten this topic into the ground. (laughs) I think we've hit
0: every... Well, I'm going to beat that into the ground a little more, I think.
1: Okay, well, go for it.
0: Okay. So as I like to do every once in a while, I like to give a quiz. (laughs) This is a buzzfeed.com quiz. And the topic of the quiz is, are you a terrible house guest? Now, I know you don't like to stay at other people's houses, but I'm going to give this quiz to you because I think you know the answer based on all the guests that you have. So does that sound good?
1: Sounds good to me. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. So the first question is, As long as your shoes are not muddy, you may wear them throughout the house. True or false? True. That is false. Okay, well, wait. Now, am
1: I talking as a host or am I talking as a guest?
0: Well, this question is, are you a terrible house guest? But you don't stay at people's houses. So you've kind of got to think about it from the hostess point of view, like what you would want.
1: So from the hostess point of view... If people want to keep their shoes on in my house, they can keep their shoes on in my house. I would always take my shoes off, but I also think that's an Alaskan thing. I don't think that is typical. I think in a lot of places, people just don't even consider taking shoes off. In Alaska, where it's muddy a lot of the time, people take their shoes
0: off. Right. But according to BuzzFeed.com, it might be a more common thing than we think. Oh, (laughs) But anyhow, the answer that they gave was false. Um, And it just says, always offer to take your shoes off. That makes you a good guess to at least offer. Okay, then. And all these questions are true or false. So we may agree or we may not agree. So the next question is, true or false, you must introduce yourself to your host's dog. What? (laughs) I know I got this one wrong when I took it last night because I don't see myself walking up to the dog and saying, hi, I'm Michelle, but I see myself petting it and saying, hi. No, no. Okay. (laughs) That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Frankly, I'll just start there. I get it. I agree. And I said false also, but they said wrong. The answer is true. You need to meet the dog. Introductions must be made to all members of the party.
1: Okay, well, I need to meet the person who wrote this quiz. (laughs) Because because that one's just stupid. But okay, I digress. Keep going.
0: So the next question If you must arrive late or cancel a visit, you should send a brief text message notifying your host of the change in plan to avoid taking up any more of their time. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) or a phone call. Right. And I answered it just thinking, yes, you should notify them. But the word, but um, because it says in here, you should send a brief text message, that is false. You should call them and explain what's going on. Make a proper phone call. Absolutely. Don't hide behind the text, is what it says. I
1: 100% agree with that. Okay,
0: so the next question Your room is your territory during your stay, and your host should allow you to use your private space however you choose. Yes, I agree with that. That is true. You're entitled to privacy. Yep. The next statement You should always let your host know of any dietary concerns in advance. I think if you have an allergy,
1: yes. But other than that, no.
0: You know what? The answer is wrong. Consider the severity. The potential seriousness of the problem should be weighed against the inconvenience that it'll cause the host.
1: Okay. But if I have a shellfish allergy and they make shrimp for dinner, there's a problem because I won't be able to eat dinner.
0: Right. And I, gr- I agree with you there because I always go into places going, I don't eat fish and I don't eat seafood. So I, I agree with you on that. So I'm just skipping through here because I know we're getting close to running out of time and we're having technical difficulties. So hopefully this isn't all splotchy for everyone to hear. But okay, here's the next one. You should take phone calls and texts as usual during your stay.
1: I don't think you should take calls and texts when you're visiting someone else. I think it's rather rude, but I think that I fall victim to that. I think I will take a call, especially if it's my kid's.
0: Right. It does say false is a correct answer. It says, put your phone away. It is imperative that both host and guests put their gadgets away, look up and focus on the other people in the room. But I mean, I think when you're with a really close friend, I mean, there's always allowances or when it's family calling or texting that there are things you have to handle. Right. Okay. so how about this question? As a guest, you are free to open drawers and cupboards in shared areas.
1: Only if you've been given permission by the host. Okay. It's just a true or false. So, okay. Well, again, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it's just a true or false. It's true if your host has said it's okay. If your host hasn't said anything, then it's false.
0: Okay, well, here's what it says. I'm in a kind of a contentious mood, aren't I? (laughs) Yeah, you are. Gosh, step back, Michelle. Getting your ass chewed. Okay, so the answer, according to this quiz, is false. It says nosy guests will find poking around in other people's possessions and entering forbidden zones endlessly fascinating, but they should remember that staying in someone else's house is not an invitation to invade their privacy. So I agree. Like in the kitchen area, if you have said you know, help yourself to a bowl of cereal, they can get in the cupboard to get a bowl or in the drawer to get a spoon. Like, I agree with that. But yeah, the other stuff.
1: No. Well, and I, there have been times in my life, in my opinion, one of the things that is totally off limits to my guests is my bedroom and my bathroom. And I usually don't clean them before people come. But I have had times in my life where we've had house guests who have chosen to use Bathroom in the master bedroom. And it's like, I find that an invasion of my space.
0: Yeah. I, my room is always off limits, too. I don't like other people sleeping in it as guests or using my bathroom. I mean, occasionally, like if it's one of my kids, okay. But yeah, it's just kind of, kind of weird. It is. I agree. Okay. Well, I know what your answer is going to be on the next one because we already talked about it, but I'll just read the question. You should ask your host permission before you turn on television or pour a drink, which you're going to say false because you want them to be comfortable.
1: Well, I think if they want to watch television, they need to go in their bedroom and watch it. I don't think they should watch it in a shared space unless everyone's in agreement. It's something everyone wants to watch, like a good basketball game. But I don't know. If you're in someone else's house, are you really going to turn on the TV in a shared space? No.
0: No, I'm not going to. I was thinking more of the part on that about pouring a drink because they put them together. In that question, they put TV turning on and pouring a drink together. So,
1: But they clearly think it's false if they would put those two together.
0: No, they think it's true. They think everybody should ask first before turning on the TV, before pouring a glass of wine or something they should ask. Okay. So the next question, you should leave the tidying up to your host so they can adhere to their cleaning routine.
1: Well, it depends on the host. You know, if it's me, the answer would be yes. But other people, so I think, yeah, you kind of have to feel out who you're visiting.
0: Right. And the next one is you must not bring your dog. And I think we can just answer these ourselves if it's agreed upon ahead of time. I think that would be okay. If the person's a dog lover, I think that would be okay. But yeah, just don't assume that the invitation extends to the dog. Well, Suzanne, there are a couple more questions left in this quiz, but we are having some extreme technical (laughs) issues right now. Yes, we are, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But I think um, we have already shared what our idea is of what makes a good host and hostess and also what makes a good guest. Do you feel comfortable where where we're leaving it here?
1: I think so. I think it was a pretty comprehensive conversation. I frankly am surprised we got as much information out of that as we
0: possibly could. Yeah, you were struggling today. I
1: guess I was.
0: Yeah, you were you're fighting back on things. Like, wow, <laughs> little contentious.
1: Yeah, I don't know what my problem is. I'm probably still in my jet lagging mode, and yeah, my I have brain fog.
0: Yeah, well, our minds are great and they think alike because I was just going to say, I really hope it's a jet lag and that you're not irritated with me.
1: (laughs) No, of course not. That's so funny. And
0: I know it's still early there, Suzanne, but I'm going to suggest this to you. Go get yourself a glass of champagne.
1: Hey, there's an idea. I have a lot to do, though, this afternoon. So I think it's going to have to wait.
0: I know, but you need to mellow, mellow, (laughs) yellow. (laughs) Well, anyhow, I guess this is a good place to wrap things up. And I do just really want to throw this out here because he is listening to the episodes and is getting very frustrated that I don't talk enough about him. So I'm going to say, hey, Colton, I hope you're having a great day. And I'll talk more about you in the next episode.
1: Oh, that's something to look forward to. Get ready, Colton.
0: Yeah, you asked for it, buddy. I know
1: you better hope I'm in a better mood next time. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Well, with all that shared, I guess I'm going to say cheers and get the hell out of (laughs) here. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe
1: we've waited so long to make our vision a reality.
0: Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting, the biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. and you know, if we had Godsend music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know everything about podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down to earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count, because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Potagy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.